Let's turn again to Philippians 4, page 1166 in your pew Bibles, page 1166, Philippians 4. Focus last week on verse 11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Here Paul says that gift of contentment is for him. And now in verse 19 he says to the church, it's for you too. Philippians 4, 10 through 23. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity Not that I am speaking of being in need. For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. And I know how to abound in any and every circumstance I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him, Christ, who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I've received full payment and more. I am well supplied having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours. According to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Verse 19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, this is another one of God's amazing promises. So deep and so wide and so high, we hardly dare plunge into the ocean of this promise for fear that we might miss something of its beauty and glory. But plunge in. We must to exploit or take full advantage of all that God has promised us here in this great promise, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. In verse 11, Paul describes his own contentment. In whatever situation I am in, I have learned to be content. Remember how we define contentment? The deep feeling of satisfaction regardless of supply or circumstance. Deep feeling of satisfaction regardless of supply or circumstance. When you know and remember who you are in Christ, 
how he is with you always, how rich you are in him, the inheritance he has laid up for you, you always have enough. You're always satisfied. Whether you have much or not, whether things are good or bad, Paul says, I've learned to be content. That's Paul. In my God, I have all I need. He's in prison. And he says, I'm fully satisfied here in this passage. He's in prison for the faith. And whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Are you there? Where you see how rich you are in Christ so that whatever your lot, you can say, I'm satisfied. It's well with me. And so now Paul turns that experience he has in Christ and he says, it's for you too, Philippians. It's for all Christians. And my God will supply every need of yours. He supplied every need of mine, so I'm content in any and every situation. And he'll also supply yours in any and every situation. So you can learn to be content as well. He's a rich God for needy saints. That's what we want to see this morning. He's a rich God for needy saints through Christ Jesus. I want to work through this verse, verse 19, phrase by phrase for seven points. First point, my God. And my God will supply every need of yours. Now that phrase does not mean what the relativists would say. Well, Paul has his God. You have your God. I have my God. We each have our own God. How nice. No, there's only one true God. And Paul says, my God will supply every need of yours. He's yours too. There's one God for all. And he's the only one who can fill your needs. My God. He's not an abstract deity. A mathematical problem up in the sky. He's not a doctrine. He's a personal being. And he comes to you in his covenant of grace. And he says, I am your God. You are my child. You're my people. And I want you to respond to me in faith and say, yes, you are mine, God. You are mine. And when Paul says, my God, He's speaking the language of personal experience of walking with God. This is the God who's come into my life and saved me through his son by his spirit. And he lives in me and he walks with me. And he speaks to me. And he cares for me. And I rely on him. And he always comes through for me. My God. This promise has the backing of God my God. And really that's the source of contentment. 
when in any and every situation you can say, and my God. This is a God who's for me in Christ, with me in the Spirit, and who supplies every need of mine and of yours, knowing him. And here's a call to faith. that we have a personal relationship with this personal being who's offered himself to us to be our dad, our heavenly dad. Through Christ, who's given us his son, Jesus has given us his life for us, given himself to us that we might be forgiven. And then on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit poured out that he might dwell in us. He's given himself to us in the spirit. And we're not allowed to Let him be distant from our lives. A faraway God. Somebody that we think of once in a while. Or just in a need, maybe think that if only he would come out and help me. But no, I enjoy him all the time as my God and Father. My God and Savior my God and purifier and strengthener. Do you enjoy him? Can you say of this God, my God, if he's far away for you, come to him as an empty person because without him you are empty. Needy. And cling to him, cry out to him and say, will you be my God? Will you fill my life? Will you save me from me? And will you care for me? Every step of the way, will you give me hope? So that we're not like the Pharisees of whom Jesus said, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. No, my God. Secondly, my God will supply every need of yours. He will supply. And the word supply here means to fill or to fill up to the top. Our God knows us as his very own dear children. And he knows our emptiness and our need. And he says, fear not your mind. But he doesn't promise us an easy life, problem-free, pain-free, always prospering, never failing. Sometimes like spoiled children, we think that God owes us an easy life, otherwise he's not good. No. He doesn't pamper his children. The promise is not an easy life, problem-free, pain-free. The promise is, I will supply you. every circumstance of life with my God I have enough I can say the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want my God will supply he'll see to it it's a sure promise it doesn't say he might supply he'll try to supply 
He will supply. He will fill you. In the worst situation of life, he will care for you. He'll help you and strengthen you. And maybe you're in a spot of big worry in your life. It might be financial worry. We can't pay the bills. How are we going to get through? Here's the place to go. My God will supply. He might not give you a boatload of cash. He might find another way to supply you with peace through these hard times in your life. My God will supply. It reminds me of Jacob, our father Jacob, the patriarch, who at the end of his life, when he's blessing Ephraim and Manasseh, says, the God of Abraham the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, this God has been my shepherd all my life until now. And then you think of the hardships of his life, fleeing his home, being tormented by Laban, and the hardships coming back to the promised land, the trials with the loss of Joseph, the striving, the fighting brothers, he has been my shepherd all through my life until now. He will supply. Thirdly, my God will supply every need of yours. He doesn't say all your needs. That's true too. But he takes that big clump of needs and he pulls it apart into separate individual, every need of yours, every single one gets his attention. He looks at you, doesn't see, oh, I just see a big clump of need. No, no, he looks at you and see, I see this need, that need, that need, and that need. My God will supply every need of yours. Physical needs, Emotional needs, spiritual needs, family needs, friendship needs, courage needs, assurance needs. And you can take each one to the Lord. Let's say material needs. He knows you need food and clothing and shelter and medicine and health and rain and sunshine and money to pay the bills. Emotional needs. He knows you need to be calm when you're anxious. You need confidence when you're discouraged. You need cheer when you're depressed. You need stability when you're all scattered. He will supply every need of yours. You have spiritual needs. You have doubt and you need certainty. You have temptation. You need strength to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. You have guilt and you need to be cleansed. Shame and you need to be restored. Sometimes we become lukewarm and then we need renewed zeal in our faith. Well, he will supply every one of these. Brothers and sisters, do you see that your life is just a whole bunch of needs? Even as a saint. Paul would admit that. He was so gifted for the ministry. He had so much knowledge of the truth, so much personal experience, and yet he would say to the Corinthians, I'm incompetent unless the Lord gives me competence. Each one of us, so many needs. Do you confess that? Do you 
see that you're weak in yourself. And that you have a long list of needs. And then do you by faith take them to the Lord? Take your children needs to the Lord. Your mortgage needs, your migraines to the Lord. Your church to the Lord. Your elder worries, your deacon worries, your business worries, your nation worries. Your inability to have children, your desire for a spouse, your problem with anger, your temptations, your weakness in losing your temper, your lust for pornography, your tendency to be impatient and unkind. Every pressing need, take it to the Lord. Every need of yours, he will supply, he will fill. Again, he might not supply you with a spouse or a house, but he'll supply you with contentment in your situation and give you peace so that you can wait on him with joy and purpose for living and zeal for his kingdom. He's your God in every need of yours, brothers and sisters. Will you trust him then with all your problems, pains, and worries, and sins, and doubts? And at the table this morning, he says... Look, my child, I gave you my son. Why would I withhold anything from you of whatever you need? Remember Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not along with him graciously give us all things? If he would give you his best, his son, you can trust him to give you the rest of all your needs. Jesus says, God the Father has your hairs numbered. He feeds the sparrows, he clothes the lilies. Will he not much more take care of you, O you of little faith? Your heavenly Father knows what you need. Four, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches. Now Paul begins to load up this great promise with reasons and arguments. The reason you can trust this promise and take it to the bank is that our God is very, very rich. And it's according to his wealth that you can count on him to keep this promise. This promise is like a check for $40 billion that he gives you. You can take it to the bank, but will the funds be there? $40 billion, please. Sorry, we ran out. Will the check bounce and leave you brokenhearted, disappointed, and ruined? No. According to his riches, there's plenty in the divine bank for God to carry out all his promises to you. Take every need of yours to him. And according to his riches, plural, he will supply every need of yours. You can, you can even imagine it this way. He, he's got a spiritual need fund for you. He's got an emotional needs fund for you and a social needs fund and a financial needs fund and a health needs fund and all these funds and Every aspect is covered by his riches. The cattle on a thousand hills belong 
to him. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. There's virtue and power in the blood of Christ to take care of every sin, every mess up in your life, every failure. He's got riches in every account just for you. Now to him who is able to do far more exceedingly above all that we ask or think. Ephesians 3 verse 20. Do you believe that he's rich enough for you, dear saint, to supply every need of yours? Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is too much for him. He has it all. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches. Not every luxury of yours, but every need of yours according to his riches. And fifthly, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory. That doesn't mean in future glory he'll take care of all your needs, but right now you're just going to have to stumble along and not be supplied. That's not what in glory means. It means for his own glory, right here and now. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches for his own glory. To magnify his glory, he will do this. When we face poverty and plenty, abundance and hunger, that's when my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches, for his own glory. That's what Paul discovered when he faced his own weakness with the thorn in the flesh. He prayed for help in his weakness. And God helped him not by removing the thorn, but by giving him grace to endure the thorn with joy and continue his work for the Lord. And Paul discovered the great truth that God did this, supplied his weakness, supplied his need so that the power of Christ might be magnified in his weakness. So that Christ may be glorified. This is why ultimately he loves to supply your every need so that he can be glorified as the supplier, the sufficient one, the good doing God, the God who's filled with love and goodness and power and holiness and grace and has no lack at all. He's infinitely full and he's an exhaustible well of living water. An inexhaustible well for his own glory. This is why he loves to hear our plea and loves that we take our needs to him. You might say it gives him opportunity to glorify, to magnify his power in the midst of our weakness. So don't be afraid to come and to keep coming with your needs. So if we should face crop failure, or the death of a family member, 
And we cry out to God to sustain us and carry us. And God supplies our need with patience and peace and hope. That magnifies his glory, his power, his greatness. Think again of Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail for their faith. And it's not comfortable. They're tied in stocks. They're bound up. It's sore. It's painful. And certainly, as we know from Corinthians, what does Paul do in those situations? He cries out to the Lord for help. And there they are, supplied with with rejoicing by God. And they start singing. And certainly when the Philippian jailer later says, what must I do to be saved? He's already heard the sound of the singing and this is the God I want. Whatever you've got, whoever is your God, this is the God I want who can save me and take me out of this misery that I'm in. God got the glory. Paul and Silas got the supply. God got the glory. Sixth, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. This promise is not for everybody. It's for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's for Christians. There's an endless supply of wealth in the Father's kingdom. But it's a closed door to us because of our sin. Instead of the riches of his glory, we have the wrath of God resting upon us by nature. Jesus is the gateway to all these riches. And if you trust in him, and if you look to him for your salvation, for the forgiveness of all your sins, for righteousness, so you can stand before God, and God takes you as his child into fellowship with himself, and Jesus is that door that opens up all the endless wealth of God's riches and showers it upon you. We were children of wrath in our sin, but God made atonement for us through his son. And in Christ Jesus, all the riches of the kingdom of God are for you in every need of yours. And you can say, my God, through Jesus Christ. My God, through Jesus Christ. So because of Christ as son, we may be assured that this God is my God and this promise is my promise and that this supply is for every one of my needs and that my needs are for his glory as a needy saint resting in a rich God. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. You trust that in Jesus, everything that would keep God away from you 
is taken care of in full. So that actually now God delights in you. Jesus once said to his disciples, little children, it is my father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his pleasure. So we might say God is a very, very rich God, but why would he want to give it to me? For me, the bank is closed. Through Jesus, he wants to give it to you. Through Jesus, it's yours. Through Jesus, you have access to all the riches of the kingdom of heaven. Through Jesus, you can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's the gatekeeper to all of God's riches. And when you trust in the gatekeeper, he becomes your open door, your open gate to God. Today and at the table, Jesus says, I did this for you. I gave my body for you. I shed my blood for you. So that you can have access to God. And every need of yours be supplied. Seventh, the first word of the passage, and. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The promise comes to the Philippians, not in a vacuum. No, they're a gospel people. There are people dedicated to Jesus and his gospel and to the spread of the gospel by being faithful supporters of Paul. And the word and says, you sent help for my needs again and again. And my God shall supply every need of yours. The Lord will reward you generously. As a people of faith committed to the gospel, he will reward you beyond measure for your generosity to Paul and their love for the gospel. This doesn't mean that God pays you back with good when we, when we do good. No, it's not payback. This reward is a reward of grace. But it does mean what, when you trust the Lord and live for him and Serve his gospel. He'll bless you. Calvin puts it this way. When you plant in the Lord's vineyard, you can expect to reap a harvest from him. And that includes him pouring out every gift on you and every need of yours, whether spiritual, emotional, relational, or physical, because he's a gracious God in Christ Jesus. When you offer to him in Christ or what you offer to him in Christ is a sweet-smelling savor and pleases him, and he loves to show his favor in the way of blessings. So what it means is this. If you are living the life of a selfish, secular Christian, by that I mean a person who says he's a Christian, but in your heart you're just putting in time. You're not a Christian. You're not following Christ. You're not investing in him. You're not into him. Then you should not expect anything from the Lord. You're a fake. The and means when you are a true Christian, you're invested in Christ, invested in the gospel. You've given your life to him 
in truth. Then my God will supply every need of yours. And so if you are a fake and you're just putting in time, what do you do with that? You turn that into a need that you take to God, to Jesus, and ask him to supply that need to make you real, to give you true faith so that you can call him your God and the distance between you and your God is bridged through faith in Jesus Christ. And then the rich blessings promised in this passage are yours. You needy saints who face many temptations, trials, troubles, failures, disappointments, and crushing burdens. Take heart, you have a rich God in Christ Jesus. And may he remind us and assure us at the table that he who died and rose for us will fill all our needs for this life and eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for your grace and glory. Thank you that in Jesus Christ you've shown us your grace so that we might enjoy the glory of your blessings in every need of ours. And we pray that you would remind us and assure us of that again today through the word and the sacrament. My God, will you supply every need of ours according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus? Fill us, we pray, through Christ your Son. Amen.